You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 142, Ginger, hosted by Dan Terry. You mean how was the Gideon show that just happened to feature Norma Jean? Chris McCoy. But you did, you paid 12 bucks for the record? Yes, I did. You must have liked it a lot more than I did. I just completing the collection. And Joseph Wren, 2019. Hey guys, you like Meshuggah? I love Meshuggah. Love Meshuggah. All Meshuggah does in his 15. <laughs> Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if your vocal coach doesn't know how to react to your music video, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Chris. Did anybody else discover Meshuggah last week? I'm pretty sure Ginger did. <laughs> There's always been some Meshuggah in their stuff. But I, I did notice more of it on their latest album. Definitely on the new one. So is that the episode, guys? Or are we done? <laughs> Intro, outro. Intro, outro. Good stuff. No, Ginger is a, is a rising star right now, man. I have to admit, I dig it. It was sold to me as this Opeth-ish band that had a female lead singer who had death growls that you would not believe. It's that sometimes. Yeah, I, it's all the other stuff I'm trying to really wrap my head around. I had never really heard of this band until about maybe six months ago, and then the internet just started shoving it down my throat with the weird algorithms. It was being advertised everywhere. I definitely want to know what happened on this one. I want to know like what team, promotion team, was uh, promoting their stuff, because if they got around the algorithms like that, we, we need that. Whatever that is, we need it. It was really that song Pisces, though. It, they did like a live video of that song which was really meant to show off their new drummer who plays like a much more complicated than what was on the live video or than what was on the album was that the video from the Wackenfest or whatever no 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 so th this was the pisces video it's a it's basically a music video for that song oh i know what you're talking about it yeah. looked like mtv unplugged or something like that it sort of yeah but it obviously wasn't unplugged right yeah Basically, they played that song to show off their new drummer, and every this is where the internet, like that video is sitting at like 32 million views right now on YouTube. And a lot of it is like what Joe was joking about in the intro. It's like vocal coach reacts to Ginger, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's crazy. It's one of those, like we, we live in a world where there are tons of female fronted metal bands where the singer growls. But uh, it seems like every single time one of those bands starts getting more popular, everybody acts like they've never fucking heard it before. Nothing in that music video is any different than what you would have heard on the record. That includes all production tricks and tactics that metal producers do to make albums sound the way they do. It's a good performance. It made everyone pay attention to the band if they hadn't heard of them before. It made me pay attention to the band. So now, in 2019, I'm upset they've only got four records. Why would I be upset by that? I mean, only you know the answer to that question, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I think that this band is very talented, and they've got some really interesting perks to their music that you're not going to be expecting. They're going to go in directions that don't really always make sense to me. Maybe it makes sense to them, but it doesn't always make sense to me, so... It doesn't always hit, but man, when it hits, it's really good. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect going into Ginger. But I really did. I enjoyed the music itself. If you like Lamb of God, After the Burial, Meshuggah, we said before, they're touching on all that. Yeah, a little bit of Opeth in there. I know, I'm like scared to say Opeth now after that whole November's Doom thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I, I kind of feel like I like raked them over the coals on that, and I really feel like it was unwarranted. But 
Uh, you know, we did what we did, and that's it. So but that's okay, because uh, Paul from November's Doom came on and set the record straight. So uh, I'm going to go back to comparing bands to Opeth now. Well, before we start comparing bands to Opeth, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Well, I'm not going to talk about that too much. I'm just going to say share the episode, leave us a review, subscribe. I mean, you got to subscribe, right? Because you're going to miss shit if you don't. We've got a lot of shit for you guys coming up. We've got Movie Mosh, Discuss Metal, Discography Discussion. We're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff, and uh, if you if you don't subscribe, you might miss that. That would make me really sad. So, Dan, tell me about Ginger. Well, Ginger is a Ukrainian metal band that formed in 2009. And since 2009, they have kind of gone through a few lineup changes. Nothing crazy. Most of the band that was the band in, well, that's not necessarily true. So they got a new drummer in 2016 and did that video that we talked about. But pretty much everybody else in the band, uh, their guitarist, Roman, bassist, Eugene, and vocalist, uh, Tatiana, they are pretty much the main staples of the band. The, the ginger that's on recordings is based, with the exception of the drummer, is basically the band. One of the first things I noticed about the band was the lead singer is very theatrical in her presentation. She does the costume thing, the makeup thing, but everyone else in the band is just kind of there to play the music. They're stereotypical metal guys playing guitars, bass, and drums. The drummer they have today is very minimal. Everything I hear him playing is all taste because his kit is by no means a Mike Portnoy special. I thought their drummer prior to that was more mechanical. He was there just to do the job. Correct. Correct. And that, and that's fine for this kind of music if you're going for like more of a technical style. But I'm not necessarily sure Ginger is what I would call a techie band. Like they do some techie shit every now and again, but they're not like, this is not a Mashuga. This is not a, you know, cattle decapitation or anything like that. This is a band that more or less tries to set a mood, but they just kind of listen to all the bands that we talked about. I'm confused with what kind of mood they're trying to set because they are kind of all over the place. Kind of all over the place? That is the stereotypical <laughs> we want to be Opeth mood. It's dark. It's kind of progressive. It's melodic. I think melodic is the best way to describe the mood because it's not brutal death metal. It's not modern metal where they're doing bass drops and trying to mimic the band that was on before them. It's just straight, heavy metal, melodic. It is what it is. The weird thing about this band, as big as they are, dude, I had a hell of a time trying to find this first album. 2013, Inhale, Don't Breathe. And this is kind of a point of contention because, like, is this an EP? I, I only, I think I found a seven or eight tracks on YouTube. Yeah, that's about it. It's not very long. This is probably the most different sounding Ginger record. It had the most new metal vibe to it, I thought, out of anything they put out. Yeah, it definitely had a new metal vibe, which is why I think they get they get a tag. You know, when they, they always throw new metal in there, 
But I think in this case, it's like, yeah, they're, they're definitely, it's got almost like a guano apes kind of, uh, kind of sound to it. Yeah, after uh, I listened to their other records before I went and found this on YouTube, it was kind of hard to go back and listen to it just because all the videos I found on YouTube, like the production quality just wasn't there. It's very obvious this was the first thing they did. Definitely. And that shows in the music. It's not bad. It's nice to know that's where the band came from. It definitely has that Guano Apes, very early Otep kind of feel to it. Otep, haven't thought of that band in a while. But for the most part, it's just melodic rock. She's got the growl, though. It's just not produced the same way. Yeah, it's a little bit more natural. You know, like we're just singing these songs, we're getting through them. I thought that the material on this record was kind of a little bit more sincere sounding, if that makes sense. Like it just it just seemed a little bit more straight ahead. It sounds like a band that you're going to hear playing as opposed to a band that you're going to go see play. I wouldn't say that. I, like I don't think that this was like a unit seller you know, or anything like that. But I do think that their approach was organic, I guess. Like, they weren't necessarily trying to prove anything to anybody. They just, they had these songs, and they played them and recorded them, and it, it was all good. I definitely liked the way this sounded, even though the production quality wasn't perfect. It just, I, I don't know, like, like her singing more and her screaming only to accent the heavy parts. I don't know, it just, it made a little bit more sense than necessarily what we have now. But it's not, it's not to say that what we have now is bad. I had a hard time finding information on this first record. Um, do you know, was it an independent release, or is it on some label that's, that's that won't put it out, and that's why you can't find it except for broken up on YouTube? I don't have the answer to that. I found it on Amazon for 12 bucks, and I definitely ordered it. It just hasn't arrived yet. You did? It's either independently released or it's a small label. It doesn't show up on any of the streaming services, so I'm going to lean on it's not independent because I can't see them holding it back if they had the rights to it. Right. But you did. You paid 12 bucks for the record? Yes, I did. You must have liked it a lot more than I did. I just completing the collection. There you go. It looks like like they self-released it in 2012, but then it was released by a Japanese label in 2013 called The Leader's Records. And then they same label they put that out in Japan, and then the same label put the put it out in Greece as well. So none of us in the U.S. were listening to Ginger during this time. I do like the album cover though. It's got the girl with like the cling wrap over the face. Yeah, classic. Yes, <laughs> reminds me of the Under Oath cover with the face mask, like the medical face mask. A little bit. Oxygen mask. I do wonder though if uh, <laughs> I wonder how much that's this self release goes for. Like, because it, it says that they, they originally released it themselves on CDR. Like, that's got to be worth a fuckload of money, right? <laughs> if you can validate it. If it's on eBay somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could just make a CDR version. <laughs> Use the Sharpie, write it on there. It's well, worth it's, money. It's going for like 100 bucks on Discogs. Anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss, but <laughs> it's always like an independent release from a band like this that's just now gaining a lot of popularity. Their self-release stuff goes for way more Speaking of Under Oath, that's what happened with them with their Cries of the Past and Act of Depression albums. Like, as soon as that band got really popular, those albums, they skyrocketed in price. Do you own those, Dan? I, I own one of them. On cassette tape? No, not on cassette. I, I don't. <laughs> just because I have an old record doesn't mean it's on fucking cassette. It usually does with you. Not, but that album, I don't even think, came out on cassette. This is. Anyway. Uh, yes, I do have the original version of Cries of the Past. So, uh, anyway, this record was great, but I don't think it was really representative of what Ginger was going to become. 
I think it threw a little bit of people for a loop, and they're like, okay, we've got another female-fronted metal band, so uh, let's go. 2014, Cloud Factory. Hey, Chris. Yes, sir. Did you get those clouds done? Are you still working on those? Still working on them. You know you're behind on your quota this month, right? This is a factory, man. <laughs> we make clouds in this factory. What was the quota again? Uh, one cloud per... Thunderstorm. That's the quota. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. I, I realize that, you know, we're a little all over the place on this episode, and that's because this this album, Cloud Factory, is all over the place. This is when the band got a little bit more of a budget. They recorded some songs. The songs sound good. It sounds like the last album, just with a little bit more effort put into it. I don't think the band really knows who they are at this point, but they are actively trying to release material and become a presence. I think 2016's King of Everything will be a little bit closer, but at this point, it's just, this is the first record you've heard unless you knew about the band in their early independent days. I still don't think this sounds like the same band that got popular recently. Like Joe said, it sounds like the first album a little bit more. There's more screaming on it. The songs are heavier, but they're like, they're nowhere near the Meshuggah worship that they were going to get to in 2019. This album sounds like Lamb of God worship to me, if you put Randy's vocals over it. Yeah, I don't think it's as heavy as Lamb of God, but there's not enough double bass. But I, I hear what you're saying with that like rhythmic focus, like the rhythmic bass to every single song. Where, you know, when we're going to get to a heavy part, it turns into that, like, and you're waiting to hear Randy Blythe come in, the end of all progress, you know, like, and you do get that a little bit. Uh, her vocals are better here than they were on the first album, which is to be expected. I'm definitely feeling the Sandra worship. They're not really, like, guttural yet, though. Like, it's it's more screams. It's not like, it's just, it's more of like a, you know, like. I don't really know how to how to describe it, but like it, it's still like almost like more new metal screaming than uh, than you know the guttural stuff. Because again, I think a lot of people their first song that they heard from this band was Pisces, and at that point she was like in almost like full on Opeth territory with the deeper growls and things. They don't they really don't create that type of mood on Cloud Factory. It's more like we're gonna have Lamb of Godish heavy parts and everything else is just going to be like the more melodic stuff from the first album. We're just writing metal at this point. They got the chuggy breakdown thing going, which, you know, that draws me in. Chris just isn't a fan of the female vocals. Let me correct myself. Not a fan of the clean singing vocals. Correct. Her her screaming vocals are great. She sounds like a demon. I like it. But yeah, I've just never been a fan of clean female vocals over heavy music. That's just preference. You don't think Robert Plant is basically doing the female vocals (laughs) over this music he sings? Okay, wow. So <laughs> before we get, uh, yeah. oh boy. I definitely prefer her screaming vocals over the singing vocals. And it's not even because I think she's a bad singer. I think she's an excellent singer. She's definitely a good singer. It's just not for me. Yeah, and for me, I'm fine with it for the most part. But I also feel like one of the problems with early Ginger releases is that I feel like the melodic clashes with the heavy in a weird sort of way instead of like incorporating them in like they would do later it, it there's no incorporation it's just this is the heavy part this is the melodic part and they might even be playing the same riff and then she's singing over it melodically and it doesn't it doesn't really hit very well like it doesn't it doesn't work so i can I mean i can understand why this band i think this band had the potential to come up with a breakthrough single but they really weren't mixing their elements together well enough yet 
to really catch anybody's ear. Is it possible to be generic in a style that you really should be standing out in? You've got the female lead singer in a predominant thrash style doing guttural vocals and screaming melodically, doing it without effort. You've got a band that's able to deliver on the heaviness. You should stand out, but you're not. You're in the back still, just trying to be there, not trying to gather everyone's attention. Then again, Pisces hadn't been released yet. That song was definitely a game changer for the band. And anybody that doesn't believe me just really needs to go back and listen because I'm not saying that Inhale, Don't Breathe, and Cloud Factory were bad albums. They just don't sound like the same band to me. Like, it seems like they were going for something totally different on those first releases than what they're doing now. And that's fine because for a lot of bands, their first couple records are really like their breakthrough. That's the stuff that people like the most. So it's kind of refreshing to hear the band still kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do. And what did they do? Well, two years later, they did King of Everything. 2016. This is where I think they found their sound, the progressive metalcore sound that they're. That I think they're going for. I agree. It's not really heavy enough to be death metal. No. But it is significantly heavier than the previous two releases. I do catch a little bit of Mudvayne in it, so I guess there's that little bit of new metal in there, but it's definitely more progressive metalcore than it's new metal for sure. Well, you know, Mudvayne was basically the only progressive new metal band. <laughs> so He's not lying. I mean, if you, if Pharmacopia is a thing. It is. And King of Everything, they're starting to blend that heavy and melodic together much better. Instead of instead of the vocal, like the, the clean singing distracting from like the thrash or the chug, now they're starting to realize that like we maybe we need to be playing something different when she's doing that versus when she's screaming. A little more groove, I guess, is put in there. A little bit more groove. Like a little bit more uh, sing-songiness, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, it just, it, she's able to contrast better than what we had before. That is the key word, contrast to the music. You don't normally hear this type of vocal contrast. Yes, the screamed guttural vocals are brought up. They're the focus now, but you still have the melodic vocals to contrast everything you're hearing. Whereas before, you had the Guano Apes formula of it's a rock band, metal band, with a female vocalist who kind of does heavy sometimes. They did the exact opposite. They flipped it. And that's why I got the impression more that they were like a techie Opeth type of band, like between the Buried in Me, Opeth, Meshuggah type band because of this release. You found them when they found their sound. Now it's hard to go back. This was the first record I listened to. Yeah, me too. And I, I definitely was like really endeared to it because I was like, yeah, okay, th like this is this is my shit. Like I like this. And uh, I didn't mind the singing as much. I definitely prefer like techier bands to be more screamy overall, but I thought in this case they were, they actually are doing something more unique than what you would get with, out of like an arch enemy or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Like, cause that band's like just really formula as fuck. And uh, Ginger is definitely not formula at all. Uh, sometimes to their detriment. There are some weird things on this record, like the final track. Yeah, I, uh, I made notes on that. It's Beggar's Dance. Yeah. I, I made notes like, uh, what the fuck is this closing track? Incubus meets No <laughs> Doubt meets Samba music. Like, how is this your closing track? This could be like a weird interlude, like in the middle of the record, I guess. But it just, I, my opinion, it doesn't belong on the record anywhere. But not my band. Definitely. Like, I appreciate, I appreciate that they threw it on at the end. 
but it's a very strange song and it yeah it's like incubus meets no doubt she's it's, definitely channeling her uh inner gwen stefani i definitely hear that a lot here and uh and if that's not intentional i apologize but uh it sounds pretty fucking intentional to me. I didn't really know what to do. I didn't really know what to do with that song, so I just kind of put it aside. It it, do, it doesn't fit with the vibe of the rest of the record at all. Yeah, it, I don't know what the reason would be. Oh, guys, we're not so serious all the time. Well, we got that already from you. You can't end with Pisces and then not end with Pisces. It's a really fucking good song. There's a reason it's got a lot of attention on YouTube. It's a good fucking song. But let's go walk through some spider webs, huh? <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Let's indeed walk through some spider webs. Everybody's got influences, Chris. It's okay that yours is not Gwen Stefani. It just doesn't fit the record at all. I wasn't a fan of this song, but uh, I'm not going to shit on the record just because of this song. No, this just should have been like, you know, the old school, after the last like song, you hear nothing for four minutes and there's a hidden track. Maybe it was. I definitely didn't listen to this on CD, so. Maybe uh, streaming services are lying to us. They could be. Would not be the first time. One of the songs I really liked on this record was I Speak Astronomy. That was a good track. Dude, I love Blue Oyster Cult. Not really like that. But uh, no, I just thought that this was a really strong song, and like, real, like to me, this is the standout single on the record. It's probably, for my standout tracks, isn't my top three. I put "Sit, Stay, Roll Over." That was just a, a heavy song. Oh I, yeah. The breakdown in "Words of Wisdom" was just a groovy breakdown, which I was really into that. And then of course there's "Pisces," which was their breakthrough single, which is funny too because that's their breakthrough, and like none of the other songs on the CD really sound like that. I think that's where a lot of people got like the Opeth vibe was. Oh, okay, they do like the melodic quiet and then go to heavy stuff, and like that's cool and it sounds great, but it's not representative of their overall sound. Which is not a bad thing. I mean, variety is the spice of life or some shit like that. I'm not disappointed by the overall product. It's still mostly heavy. It's still a good band. It's just not Pisces. And Pisces is what I was sold. Congratulations, guys. You got me to go see Grown Ups. <laughs> Nobody told me that they were going to put on Kiss makeup at the end of the movie and go LARPing. But I'm glad I saw the movie because <laughs> now I've seen that an interesting comparison <laughs> i think that this record was really fucking solid and set us up for what we were going to hear on their newest album that just dropped a few days ago macro 2019 hey guys you like mashuga i love mashuga love mashuga ginger does too that intro for i think it was track what was it track two or track two judgment and punishment i thought i was listening to mashuga totally yeah it's a third track but it's a little I, bit of a lift, but I'll let it go. There is a little bit of a lift from Mashuga on this because, again, I expected their older material to sound more like this, to have that kind of like bottom end, you know, mechanical riffing. She is growlier on this. She's deep, like vocally much deeper, but actually does like do do the scream vocals not sound a little Mashuga? They do. I just thought that was so interesting, the musically and vocally, that it would be somewhat of a match. It's not a direct lift. But you can tell that they want to be considered a technical metal band. Uh, the another track that stood out to me was Noah. If they were trying to go for the technical, I heard Animals as Leaders in Noah. A little bit, yeah. It's another great band that we should put on the long list. But yeah, they, uh, they there's a lot of Meshuggah. There's a lot of Opeth, old Opeth type stuff in here. And uh, they're definitely building off of what they established on the previous record. I don't necessarily think there's a Pisces on here. And I think that's a little bit more sincere. I like the record as a whole. I haven't had it for very long, so I can't tell you there's a standout track or here's the reason why you need this record. I can do that with King of Everything, and it's not necessarily Pisces. As good as this is, it's not really 
good as much as it's different. I can tell that the band is still progressing. So I'm interested in what they're doing, but it's not standing out like King of Everything did for me. I think I definitely need a little bit more time with the record. I like On the Top. I like Judgment and Punishment, Retrospection. Homeback was another standout for me in there. That was a good tune. Yeah, and so we're we're definitely like we're at more than half of the record we think is fucking rock solid. We're interested. Yes. We want to hear more of what you guys have, especially if it's going to be this Meshuggah I want to be thing. But I, it's more accessible than Meshuggah. I hear after the burial in my headphones right now. <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'll get to that. I think the band's just kind of an anomaly. Not an anomaly. Like, I'm not trying to say that they're bad or anything like that, and I'm not I'm not shitting on the fact that they have a female vocalist or anything that, you know, you, you're going to likely get accused of whenever you say you don't totally love the band. It's just that they probably got way more popular than they had business getting. It's just that song Pisces, just it really, really took off. And so now the band is on a whole different level of fandom than they were like two years ago. And they're just sorting through it the best that they can. And I find it interesting that everybody wants a heavier ginger, which is not usually the case with a band like this. You know, it would be very easy for her to, at this point, like put out a record of like just pop hits. <laughs> but I think that the band has more integrity than that. And this record shows it, that they're still, they're still pushing forward with the style that they're trying to create. I don't think that they're at the point where they're creating anything new yet, but I think give them a couple more albums and they'll get there. Final thoughts on Ginger. Dan. I think what I just said pretty much sums it up. I mean, I think they're still a band that's trying to find their sound. I think they found the basics in it, but I do find their overall material to be to be more derivative of other bands that I like, but it's not derivative enough yet to where I would listen to them over a band that I already like. Chris, what about you? I agree with Dan. Uh, listening to Ginger, they are pulling a lot from other bands I do like, and I'm not going to choose their record off the shelf you know, over, say, Meshuggah or After the Burial or Lamb of God. I'll probably go with those bands. Um, I'm really surprised that none of you guys have made fun of me for actually being a ginger with my red hair and freckles while doing this episode. So going to get it in there? I mean, you know, I think I think we're going to leave it alone. All right. Okay. Uh, I guess we don't want anybody throwing elbows again, Chris. Come on. Right. Oh. <laughs> I guess face still hurts. I guess another thought for this band would be, this is a this is a band you can maybe have on in the car if you want to listen to something heavy, but your wife is also in the car because there's something you know you know with the clean melodic you know vocals because she is a hell of a singer. This is something you could have on with the wife in your car and she could probably get something out of it. I think Ginger is a band that will do something. Maybe that thing is Pisces, and everyone will remember them for that. In my opinion, there is a gap in heavy music where everybody thinks if you're a female, you're either Amy Lee or you're Otep. Those are the people that I first show Sandra from Guano Apes to and say she can do whatever she wants and she still sings pop. I give Gwen Stefani the credit she deserved 20 years ago. I'm not a fan of her pop, but she was in a ska band or a proto ska band or is no doubt just technically rock. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to put a label I'm not on that really band. The, I'm not really the guy to ask that. Ska, pop, punk, pop, I don't know, radio rock. I think there's a reason you should be listening to Ginger. I just don't think they've done the great thing or released the great album that will define them as a band. And unfortunately, I think in 2019, they either have that coming or the band will just cease to exist and then she will go off and do something totally different. Seeing as how the band has not imploded in the six years they've been together releasing music, 
I know it's been longer than that, but this is just the timestamps I have for the music that we do have. If they haven't gone anywhere, they're not going anywhere. So they're going to be another example of anybody can be heavy. Damn, what's your album of the week? My album of the week, I've just been kind of going more back to some of my old Christian hardcore records, and I'm going to have to go with Regeneration of Self by Few Left Standing. Nice. Chris, what about you? Uh, this is a band that's pretty new to me that was recommended by a friend. It's, uh, the album is called Conduit by Gravemind. They're a progressive, genty metalcore band out of Germany. And if you're looking for a track that, you know, to check out, Hollow. How was the Norma Jean show, Dan? You mean how was the Gideon show that just happened to feature Norma Jean? Gideon gets up on stage. I thought my entire body had caught fire. It was the most energetic sweat-filled fucking experience. I wish I could have made that show. I saw Gideon last October with Wage War at the Firebird here in St. Louis. And Very they nice. Ripped. They bring it so hard. They were louder than any other band there. Although I didn't stick around for the Devil Wars product because, I mean, yeah, whatever. But uh, I, did, uh, I did stick around for Norma Jean, obviously, which was the reason I was there. And uh, they fucking brought it. They brought... They played three songs, I believe, off of the new album. But uh, Norma Jean kicked ass. They were great. Corey played. Well, Corey screamed his lungs out through most of it. I feel like even during the parts where you're supposed to be singing, he wasn't. Which I just heard recently that on the same tour, he's like lost his voice now. So he probably should have like calmed that shit down a little bit. Throat coat tea. Totally. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, it was a great show. And uh, I definitely would recommend anybody catching that tour. If you've ever been listening to this podcast and you thought to yourself, man, I'd really like for them to cover this band but they really haven't, or they haven't mentioned them, or there's been times where we've been assholes and mentioned the band tons of times that we haven't covered. And I know that frustrates people, but you have to reach out. You have to tell us what bands you want us to talk about. We love taking your guys' suggestions and putting them on our master list. There's a variety of different ways that you can reach out to us. You can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can tweet at us on Twitter at discuss metal or at discuss metal Dan or at discuss metal Joe. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. You can find us on our Discord server. If you click on the link in the show notes, you can talk to us in real time on Discord. And uh, you can always find us on Instagram now. Under Instagram discography discussion, we will show up with all of our pictures and all of that good stuff that I'm just still figuring out. And on that note, this has been episode 142 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion, and please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash Metal. We have some sweet perks. Right now.